So I'm I'm writing to uh, Chris Stewart, uh, a friend of uh, the program and a friend of mine. Uh, and as I'm writing to ask him, hey, you have insight on this document. Uh, I look up to TV and there he is talking to the the director of national intelligence. He just walked out of the hearing room to make the call. And he's on with us now. Congressman from Utah, Chris Stewart. How are you, sir? Glenn, it's good to be with you. You're the only guy I'd walk out of the hearing for. <laughs> I, I, I think you're foolish for doing it. <laughs> uh, you have a front row seat, literally a front row seat. Tell me what you think this is really, what, what's really going on here. Well, it, it's nothing that we haven't seen for three years. Uh, and that's just not shocking. It shouldn't surprise anyone. This is a concerted effort by Democrats to, uh, to re- repeal and rescind the 2016 election. It's what they've been doing since the very day Donald Trump was elected. And, and Glenn, it's, it's not going to be successful. There's just nothing here that is impeachable. And if I could make this point, I think it's a fair point. I, I'm not here to protect the president. I'm not here to protect anyone. We just want to know the facts, but the facts just don't bear this out, unlike in previous impeachments. I mean, with Richard Nixon, the American people understood that that was wrong. There was a break-in. There was a cover-up. There was, uh, there was obstruction of justice. With Bill Clinton, the American people knew that it was wrong for him to be with an intern, and it was wrong for him to lie to a grand jury. And what in the world are you going to commit? How, how in the world do you convince the American people that there's an impeachable offense here because he asked a foreign leader to investigate what he thought was corruption? And I think most Americans look, look at that and listen to that and go, well, why in the world should we remove him from office for that? Yeah. And, you know, Chris, as I read this, because I read this this morning and you had access to it yesterday, mm-hmm. As I was reading this this morning, I don't think this is about Joe Biden. This is really all about the Russia investigation. What was going on, um, you know, when Obama was in in office? Were the Democrats using the Ukrainians to uh, look for dirt on Donald Trump? And, you know, that 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 crowd strike server thing is disturbing if you look at it from a different point of view then you all of a sudden go wait a minute that would explain why he would take this transcript and put it into an encrypted form that no one can get to unless subpoenaed by uh, by the congress no one can get into this because he's showing i think he's trying to make the case of a deep state am yeah, i wrong i think there's no, I think there's much more that, that we got to learn there. And you know what? With the crowd strike, it, it, there's just so much to this that many people are overwhelmed by it. But the yeah. essence of that is just exactly as you've described it. And by the way, this this thing too about whether this document was stored in a in a highly classified uh, server, um, it, we have no idea whether that's standard for uh, conversations between a head of state, and it certainly isn't criminal, and it may not be outside of the norm at all. So, I mean, some people are trying to make a big deal of that as if that's part of the cover-up. But, but A, it, it, again, we have no idea if that's not standard, and B, it doesn't mean anything anyway. So Ben Sass, uh, I mean, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer said exactly what I would expect them to say, and that is, oh, this is very disturbing. I read this and is very... And so I I read this today with an open mind thinking, okay, I'm going to find something disturbing. I haven't found it, uh, except I think I found a reason where all of it makes sense on what Trump is doing um, and what they're accusing him and why they flip so hard and made this their, their key to destroy him finally. Um, 
But I, I, what did Ben Sass? Do you have any idea? Did you see anything in here? Because Ben Sass said, "Look, there's some things in here that I think we need uh, answers to questions on, and you know, you shouldn't circle the wagons." And I agree with all of that. I'm not here to protect the yeah. president. Um, I, I want the truth. Um, but it, yeah. is there anything in here that stuck out to you? Well, I mean, I, I went into this with a little a little bit of anxiety. You never know what to expect. And in this world, heaven's sakes, you never know what to expect, right? Right. And I, I was fearful that there might be uh, something to this, some surprise to this. Uh, but And I read it carefully. I read it two or three times. I took notes. And at the end of this, which was late yesterday afternoon, i uh, be honest with you, Glenn, I was much more confident that this president was not going to be impeached yeah. than I was before I read the document. Me too. And once again, I, I said, is this it? I mean, is that really all there is to this? Uh, uh, and I think, again, you, look, it doesn't matter if you get to 217 votes in the House. You have to convince the American people. And the American people have to have had a consensus among them that this president has committed high crimes and misdemeanors and he should be removed from office. And I don't think there's a chance in the world that this document convinces the American people of that. And you talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer being disturbed, but Glenn, they've been disturbed for three years. Yeah, but here's the they, thing. They're, they're in- this is the part that doesn't fit, Chris, that Nancy Pelosi has been against this. This makes no sense. She's been against this the yeah. whole time. Why all of a sudden with nothing does she say, this is it? Got to strike while the iron is hot. The iron isn't hot. The American people, even Democrats, are not for impeachment. Yeah, you know what, Glenn? I think there's a, a, actually a fairly simple explanation for that, and it's, and it's two elements to it. Number one is, and this is just obvious, and, and you know this, and that is that she just finally reached a point with, with her, own, uh, her own party, her own caucus, that she couldn't do nothing. And I think the genesis was that with those seven moderates uh, who represent, you know, moderate districts and have, in the past have been kind of a buffer for her. When they wrote that, uh, that editorial over the weekend, I think she felt like she had responded to this. But at the same time, the second element to this is this. She's not serious about this effort. If she was serious about an impeachment inquiry, that requires a vote on the House floor. She has to put her members on record of saying, yes, we are seeking impeachment. And she hasn't done that. She's trying to split the baby. She's saying, yeah, 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 we're going to start an impeachment inquiry, and we're going to do it by doing the same thing we've been doing for the last, right. you know, nine months. And that's the committee's doing the same, same thing. She's not serious about this inquiry, or she would have the vote and compel her members to say, yes, I want to proceed. And she hasn't done that. All right. Um, the guy who you just questioned, he is the director of national intelligence. He's the guy who stopped the memo from coming out and be given to Congress. They're saying that this is unprecedented. No whistleblower has ever been kept in the history of our country from Congress. Is that true? What do you make of of this and his testimony? Yeah, it's true, but there's a reason for that. And that is we've never had a whistleblower complaint that was an accusation against the president of the United States. And so then you have uh, elements of executive privilege. And the second thing that he had to consider, the law compelled him to consider, is was this outside of the jurisdiction of the director of intelligence, which it was. And look, Mr. McGuire, as I was adamant in my defense of him, this is a man of clear integrity. He found a deficiency and ambiguity in the law and did not know what to do. 
He wasn't trying to obstruct. He wasn't trying to protect the White House. He simply didn't know what legally he could do in this in this situation. And I think he did the only thing that he could do. You go to the Office of Legal Counsel and you seek their, their advice. That's what they're there for. But to create this narrative of my Democratic colleagues, and they attacked his integrity so often and so, re- and so repeatedly as if he's the problem. And then I said to them, if you think you're going to win on this by trying to convince the American people that this is a political stooge sitting before us, good luck on that. Because if anyone watches this hearing for even a few minutes, it's very clear. This is a military officer who has served his nation for 36 years. He's not here for political ambitions. He's here to serve his country. And that's what he was trying to do. So it's it's a it was a threat to the national security, according to this whistleblower. Uh, it's a threat to the the presidency itself and the country. Uh, who does it? What should he have done? You say, well, it wasn't in his jurisdiction. So can't he pass that to somebody's jurisdiction? Or, you know, I, I he said he was asked, well, did people investigate this? And they did. What did they find, or why did it not go to someone else? Well, and, and it, it gets a little bit complicated, Glenn, and I don't, want to, I don't want to bore you with some of the technical legalities, but, I mean, what it comes down to is this. Uh, at what point, and it's not whether he had to. I mean, the objection of, of my Democratic colleagues is that he didn't do it immediately, but he had a 14-day window where he could seek legal counsel and make a decision. And and it's apparent that, again, he and the uh, inspector general were in a disagreement and a bit of a loggerheads. And I think that we have to realize, that, as I said, the law is deficient on this, and we need to address the law. But, uh, but I mean, this information, as a member of Congress, it's, and I've made this clear repeatedly over the years, my job and the thing that I protect is allowing Congress to provide its oversight, allowing Congress to have access to this information. And I've always said this should come to Congress. But I recognize in this case there was a complicated legal process before it could come to Congress. Mm-hmm. And that's, all, that's what he was trying to comply with. And it seems to me that it only added fuel to the fire, um, you know, because they, you know, everybody knows they try to play off the Nixon thing. It's the cover up that got you in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, if it's a legal process and this guy is is honorable, I mean, what are you going to do about it? Um, it just yeah. goes in to just make more smoke. Chris, I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Good you to be uh, Representative Chris Stewart, uh, Republican from uh, Utah. I mean, legitimately, right out of the hearing. Like <laughs> you'll see him on go, the air. But he's going to walk back into the hearing room in a second. We'll see him on C-SPAN walking back in. He just finished questioning. You're not going to get better, quicker insight from uh, yeah. a real player in the story than that. And we should mention too, John Solomon, who was supposed to be on here. Um, if you were looking for that interview, he had to reschedule till tomorrow. Um, had had apparently he said a meeting with a source that um, had just come up have just come up so he's rescheduled till tomorrow he was the guy who is not by name but his work is mentioned in the whistleblower report uh, extensively um, extensively and so he's going to come on and tell us what that is like to go through on tomorrow's program at this time and in one minute i want to come back and i'm going to give you the timeline Stu will take you through the timeline of this whistleblower report because it's all out of order, so it's kind of hard to figure out. But he's taken the time and put it all in order so you can understand it. And 
We'll get to that. Also, on today's television program, uh, we're going to take your phone calls. And I'm going to be taking phone calls right after this broadcast in about 40 minutes. If you'd like to come on, I'd love to hear your opinion. I want to know what you've pieced together, what you're thinking, what your friends and neighbors are saying about this impeachment stuff. Uh, Call us now at 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. We're going to take your phone calls, uh, and we'll do that right after uh, this broadcast in about 40 minutes. So call now and uh, talk to our producers, 888-727-BECK. One of the things that say the banks might be doing is they might have all gone into uh, oil, and they might have put billions and billions of dollars on oil, thinking that it was going to go up to $100 a barrel, and it didn't. And when it didn't, they have to pay for those uh, for those bets, and they're short. I mean, we don't know what's happening. That's what's really terrifying. All right, we do know what's going on with the impeachment, and it is not the story you're getting from the press. I urge you to go back and listen to the podcast today. If you missed any of this show, uh, Stu uh, is going to take us through this. Um, if you can't, if you can't do it total right now, let's kind of give a recap of where we were and then go through the timeline in about five minutes. Yeah. Well, you heard Chris Stewart go through a lot of this. Um, a couple of things that are important to know that you're hearing from the media that you need to know the truth on. Number one is at no point did Donald Trump say, uh, I would like you, I would like you to do us a favor. Please investigate Joe Biden. And that's what all of the press was talking about yesterday. Right. That is the omission of a, like 540 words. Yeah, depending on who how they cut it, but it was between five and 550 words they cut out of that to make it seem like, do me a favor, he, investigate Biden. There's He's actually asking about the favor related to something completely different, which is about the, uh, the um, election and the meddling from Russia and crowd strike. That's a longer story. You've heard us tell it before. But the bottom line is they are intentionally editing out 500 words with a with an ellipsis or just nothing. We actually have some uh, audio on this. Maybe we'll play this after the break of multiple news sources, CNN, Fox News, even not uh, even saying the ellipsis. They're not even saying dot, no, dot, dot. No, you'll just see it on the screen. Just say one quote says, do me a favor. Then they go to the next screen. The next quote says, investigate Joe Biden or whatever the exact quote is. That's that's incomprehensible as a mistake. It's only you, could possibly be done intentionally. You would if you went to any college and you were writing something, uh, you know, factual and college was fair, you know, not not biased. If you well, let's say you were using this and you were doing it and you, this bias came in on the opposite end, you would ne- you would get a failing grade. You might even get kicked out of class for doing something like this. You've taken it so far out of context. You've skipped about 500 to 550 words to draw that conclusion. Mm. It is it's reprehensible what the press is doing. Even Fox News is doing this. All right, we're going to give you the whole timeline of what this really is all about and it's not about Joe Biden. If you listen to the whistleblower stuff, it's not about Joe Biden.
This is the Glenn Beck Program, and we welcome you, and I want to thank you for your subscription to The Blaze and compliment you and also tell you you got kind of a you are in a position that really very few people in the country are in. You, because you subscribe to The Blaze, or if you just listen to this show every day, um, you know this story. You know this story better than any of your friends. We we have done shows on this for months. We did a special on Joe Biden and a two day special. And I invite you to go to my YouTube page, or if you're a Blaze subscriber, you'll you'll be able to find it right away. It is on uh, Joe Biden and Ukraine, and then the second special was Joe Biden and China. Came out earlier this year, or even late last year. Uh, we we did this this special, and we lined it all up. So you are in a very good place to be uh, because you know this, but you have a responsibility now to help share that with other people, to tell them to go to the YouTube page and watch those two specials. You have an understanding that most conservatives don't have. And I'll say it is a it's a good position to be in, but it's also a frustrating one because the media is presenting this. Think about the average person in America. What are they what are they getting out of this story? To Why? them, the first thing that happened was Donald Trump inexplicably is talking to the Ukrainian uh president mm-hmm. about trying to get dirt on Joe Biden, which to them if you didn't have any of this information, you'd think to yourself, well that is a bizarre action. This guy's desperate. He's trying to ruin his political rival's campaign. He's just searching around for dirt. And so to the average person, this seems like Trump has made this dramatic, irrational move. To anyone in this audience who's been sitting here for the past six months to a year, hearing this story weekly, at some points daily, and, and anyone can go on YouTube and watch it for free. It's all out there. I know it's, it was on glenbeck.com. You can go see all of this story, this story laid out in extreme detail with visuals. From five months ago. From five, six <laughs> months ago. Yeah. And the point here is that those people are going to get a completely different picture. So it is important for, you know, if you have a chance to share the YouTube thing, if you, you know, if you've, if you've known all this before, talk to your friends about it. And if you haven't watched it in a long time, go back and watch it because you have to have credibility and you have to have the facts. So when you're talking to people about this, don't get emotional don't make it about Joe Biden, because I don't think this is about Joe Biden. And I want to talk to Stu about I think we need to do a special next week. Um, and uh, I already have it in my head based on this. I think we can I think we can tie this thing together and explain it in a way that no one else is explaining. And I'll take it from both sides. I'll say, look, this is what the Democrats believe is happening. And here are the facts. And you look at it that way. Now, let me tell you what I think Donald Trump just did and what is is happening from his point of view. And you decide. But I think I can make a strong case, and I urge the president, don't play defense. Don't play defense. Offense, offense, offense. You have them. That's why they're panicking and doing this impeachment thing with no smoking gun, because you have them.
and and bringing attention to this story is is beneficial not only to the president and and bad for democrats the but country. also for the country i mean it's important it's really that, good. that we find out the facts on this i'll, I'll say that i was saw an op-ed yesterday that made a great point in that one of the big problems with conservative media generally speaking is we're very reactive we let NBC come out with this big story, and then we say, well, here's the truth about it, or here's our spin on it, or here's what we think is going on, instead of leading this stuff. you know. And they complimented you specifically on this particular story, how we were way out in front of this and have been for you know a very long time t- telling you the details of the story because we believed it would become a really important election issue. It's really f- and here we are. And what's frustrating about the about this as a as a process is the media is now presenting this major scandal about Joe Biden as a Trump problem exclusively. Now that that is it's to not. to anyone who's been listening to this story for six months, it's incredibly frustrating. You didn't cover any of this for six months, and now all of a sudden you're bringing it up as an important thing because you have a Trump transcript. Look, the important thing is hmm. is that. Most hosts, most shows will tell you what happened yesterday. My job is to make sense of what happened yesterday while showing you what's coming tomorrow. And that's hard because most people don't want to hear the speculation of what's coming tomorrow. But look at the track record. It's pretty damn good. Uh, And if you don't understand what's coming tomorrow, all you're going to be doing is playing defense. All right, let's go back into the whistleblower and let's look at the timeline. This is basically what the whistleblower is accusing the president of doing in his timeline. And there was some confusion earlier kind of on the show as to some of these events and what order they came in. And the reason for that is the actual whistleblower report itself is out of order. It's all out of order. It's presented... The facts of later date uh, events that happen at later dates are first, and then they go back and kind of backtrack. So there's a little bit of confusion. So let me lay this out in a timeline structure. This is what they say. This is not necessarily, you know, the, the truth. correct this is, truth. This is just yeah, this the is accusation just from the whistleblower. Right. Okay. So what they say is in late 2018, late last year, Giuliani first met with the former prosecutor from Ukraine, uh, Shoykin. Um, this is the, the guy, guy who was fired, fired by Biden, who, by the way, on camera said very close to the exact same thing Trump is accused of. He took uh, he withheld money that Ukraine was expecting billion dollars, a billion dollars. Uh, and this is what Joe Biden admitted that he would withhold this money to unless they fired this particular prosecutor. That is Shoykin. OK, now. Giuliani in 2018 met with him. In late January, Giuliani met with Lushenko. Okay. Do we know anything at all about what Giuliani found out from Shoykin? Because remember, the accusation is mm-hmm. that Shoykin was going in and and going to question Gazprom and the big bank, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest bank over there, which had $1.8 billion of our money, our taxpayer dollars, mm-hmm. that just went offshore and just disappeared with the guy from from uh, Barisma, the gas company, right? And so the, we don't know exactly what was said in there. In fact, it's not even in the accusation what what, what went they talked down. About. Okay, but she's or he is leading is 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 building a case here. <laughs> is building a case here to try to say, hey, 
this is what I think happened. So these events happen in late 2018 Giuliani meeting, late uh, January of 2019, another Giuliani meeting, mid-February Giuliani, another meeting with Lushenko. Now, Lushenko is an ally of the president who lost to the talk show host guy who's in there now, Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they are allies. What's the motivation for Lushenko talking to Giuliani? You could make the argument, and I think this is the implied argument, that Lushenko realizes his ally is about to lose this election and is trying to uh, align himself with American interests so that he can save his job when Zelensky loses, right? So after these meetings happen with Giuliani, The Hill starts publishing articles and videos featuring comments from Lushenko. Lushenko says all sorts of things about the Democrats and all stuff that's bad for Democrats. Okay, this is, again, the accusation, not what we necessarily believe, but this is the accusation. The implication of this uh, allegation is basically Giuliani met with these people, uh, Lushenko in particular, and that those meetings resulted in Lushenko outwardly and publicly saying really bad things for Democrats that the media barely picked up, but mm-hmm. they, they were said publicly. Really the Hill, bad. <clears throat> really bad. Like, yeah. they went through us to get to Russia to find out stuff on Trump to affect the 2016 election. Yeah. That kind of bad. Bombshell type allegations. Bombshell bad. So, this is in March 2019. In March, on March 31st, that was the first round of the Ukrainian elections. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, in this, uh, the ally of Lushenko survives to get to a runoff, but is losing. In April, on April 21st is the Ukrainian runoff. Zelensky blows out the other guy. So now uh, you have Lushenko, who has been talked about as losing his job if Zelensky wins. He had this background uh, work done with the Americans. I think, you know, at least the implication of the allegation is, all right, well, this guy is... Um, uh, if, uh, now I can get the Americans to help me keep my gig, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, on April 25th. So he was a truth teller until he right. started talking to Trump. Right. Then he's all lies. On April 25th, Trump comments on these stories from The Hill. Now, The Hill, a lot of this stuff came from John Solomon. He's a guest on tomorrow's program in this hour. Uh, he was supposed to be on today, but a last second cancellation. Potentially, was it related to the fact that he was mentioned essentially in the whistleblower report? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he said he had a source meeting, so we'll find out about that tomorrow. On May 9th of this year, the New York Times reported that Giuliani was going to Ukraine to meet with Ukrainians. In, on May 11th, Lushenko met with the current president, Zelensky, the talk show host guy. Okay? In mid-May is when the whistleblower says they first started hearing rumors about all of this. So they have no no This person who is the source of this allegation had no knowledge about any of this stuff other than what was publicly reported until mid-May. So this is after the election and everything. Between May and early July, Trump uh, will... Uh, the allegation is that Trump said he will only meet or call with the new Ukrainian president. He'll only meet with him and only give him the call if he, quote, plays ball. Now, there's no... The quote is is not an actual quote. Again, mm-hmm. this person doesn't even claim to have witnessed or seen any of these things themselves. They're mm-hmm. reporting second and third-hand information. But that's the thing. So the allegation is Trump is is holding back this meeting, holding back the, this call because he wants him to play ball and get me dirt on on Biden. In June, 
Zelensky um, asked for a replacement of Lushenko. So it didn't work for Lushenko if he tried mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, in mid-July, uh, the whistleblower began learning of the policy of withholding funds to Ukraine. This is a big mm-hmm. part of this allegation, if he withheld funds for the, the dirt on Biden, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in July 25th was the call that we all got the transcript of yesterday. And then in August, Lushenko was actually removed from that job. So he's no longer in the prosecutor job, prosecutor general job. So if you see this, so the... the At what point did the U.S. ambassador that was fired... At what point did they get in and stop uh, uh, Ukrainian investigators from coming over to the United States to explain and arrest people? I don't have that date in this timeline. I know it was referenced in here. That is an important part. The the U.S. ambassador, uh, who was an Obama appointee, was obstructing justice in Ukraine uh, and has been removed. Uh, allegedly obstructing uh, justice yeah allegedly Mm -hmm. obstructing justice according to the ukrainians Mm -hmm. um and she was covering allegedly for something that the democrats were doing or these oligarchs were doing uh and that was one of the complaints that came from Zelensky to donald trump and donald trump removed her and so we'll we'll there's a lot more going on here And I want to take the time and really lay it out and show you what I think is really going on. Because I I, I have a a decent gut on some of these things. And and I think I know what is going on. And I want to explain it to you. And we'll do a special next week. Join the Blaze now. uh, BlazeTV.com. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. By the way, your membership helps us do research on things like this so we can be ahead of the game. All right. Hello and uh, welcome to the program. All right. In just a few minutes, I am going to uh, take your phone calls. Uh, and I want you to line up now, 888-727-BECK. I want to know what your thoughts are on this impeachment process, uh, where you think we may have it wrong, where the media, we know where the media has it wrong, um, what the president should do. You know, are you disturbed by any of the stuff that is going on? I will tell you that I started the day before I read the whistleblower stuff, I started the day going, okay, well, I don't know where this is going to go, but I think he's in the clear here. I think I can understand it. I didn't understand at the beginning of the day why Nancy Pelosi would turn on a dime. There's nothing here. So what is going on? Uh, now I think I really do understand it. And I'm, I think the president needs to go on, uh, on offense and forget defense. It's going to be hard for him to do. But stop playing defense on this because they're making it all about him and Joe Biden. And that's not what this story is about. It is not about Joe Biden. That's what the media is doing. Uh, And it's a lot deeper than that. I would love to hear your point of view. Please call right now, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also tonight, doing uh, phone calls, Ask Glenn Anything, tonight, 5 o'clock, only on Blaze TV. 
Don't miss it. And join us, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, use the promo code Glenn and save 10% now. You're listening to Glenn Beck.